Now playing comes a podcast from two brothers. My name is Christian Durant. And I'm Pedro Durant. About the movies that raised them. My name is Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? From the laugh out loud comedies to the explosive 90s action flicks. Welcome to Earth. The heartwarming animated classics to the tear jerking Oscar bait dramas. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And now, grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the Duran Brothers Movie Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Duran Brothers Movie Podcast. My name is Christian Duran. With me, as always, is Pedro Duran. And we are the Duran Brothers. Every week we get on here and talk about the movies that raised us. The DVD classics, the VHS um, masterpieces. I was trying to think of a word, like the VHS. Behemoths. Behemoths, but like, what is that thing when the v, like the VHS fucks up and you get the, the tracking? The, like, the oh. messed up, like the scratches on your VHS, like part of yeah. the movie's like all fucked up. I don't know the VHS yeah, tracking. Well, tracking yes, scratches. Did you ever use tracking? Like I never. I don't know. I never what, understood no, what you were no. supposed to. There's like a tracking button on the VHS. Yeah. And I don't know what that was supposed to do, but it was supposed to do something. No, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have and no idea. So no, I did not use it. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Anyway, I ruined the intro, but who cares? You're watching. You're listening to the Duran Brothers movie podcast, <laughs> um, <laughs> where we talk about movies and we're brothers. Yes, that's all you need to know. Yes. How are you? I am good. I'm good. Just um, living the life, man. Living the life. Mm. Watching movies, eating cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you are eating off, cheese. Yeah. Off mic, I because I bought a bunch of like cheese for a what's it? What's that board called? I can't even never pronounce him. Charcuterie charcuterie is that a new thing like no not super new but like yeah. within the past i feel like within the past uh, 10 15 years yeah it's be it's become like a more of a thing yeah it's like it fancy. used to just be a, yeah it used to just be a cheese plate and then yeah once like social media got involved charcuterie boards became like a thing yeah well yeah, apparently you got to pay 50 bucks for a charcuterie board of mm-hmm. shit you could just buy and just eat off your cutting board. Yeah. Which I'm doing right now. I mean, I'm not the first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not the first to make the the joke that it's just adult Lunchables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, all that it basically is. <laughs> it's as little as food you can get. I mean, I had I had some today, just a cracker. I was like a piece of salami, yeah. a, a slice of like cracker cheese and a cracker. And I was like, this is a Lunchable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 37 years old and I'm eating yeah. Lunchables. Yeah. I just need Dunkaroos to finish yep. it off. <laughs> and then we'll be sad. I saw those the other day too at Costco. There was like a really? box. Yeah. It was like a 40 pack box of Dunkaroos. Okay. And I was like, all right. Sorry. You bought them. Sense. No, I couldn't. <laughs> Why? Like, no money. No. <laughs> I like the idea you go to Costco, which you need a member's card to enter. I know. And, and you're just yeah. like looking around like like Tiny Tim, like looking yeah. at a storefront. Yeah. I can, I can only afford diapers there. <laughs> no, I just was like, that's insane. Yeah, these Dunkaroos. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I gotta get a Costco card. There's one out here. I've been meaning to do so. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. But the thing is, is like you go there and you're like, oh, I'm gonna buy. You know, I'll eat like honestly. If you just get like a big thing of chicken, like I don't know, chicken breast or chicken thighs or whatever, like a huge pack, it's like. It's like 26, 30 bucks, but it's also mm. a lot of it. Yeah, and that's like, the thing. I will use this. I will eat this. But the problem is you run, you walk out with a bunch of stuff. You actually will use paper towels, all the shit that you don't want to keep going back for. But the bill is like 300 bucks at the end of the day. And you're like, it's a hit. You take so a is hit. it worth it or not? As long as you don't buy shit that's going to go bad or shit that like you think you're going to use and you don't. Mm. In other words, like. 
we eat a lot of like you know paper towels toilet paper like brilliant to get there meats and chickens and stuff anything you can freeze is really good milk if you go through a lot of milk yeah but just to know you're going to spend a lot of money i don't know i think it's cheaper in the long run but yeah know. yeah it depends on what it is if it's bulk size you know yeah 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 i get it and some things you just don't want to fucking keep going out for like i don't i just don't i never want to be out of paper towels yeah i I never want to be out of toilet paper so i just go i go nuts every time i go there i just grab those at least those two yeah just a storage yeah just in case also the apocalypse happens you got your and then and then sometimes i i decide that i need you know 200 packs of goldfish crackers (laughs) crackers yeah Yeah. yes not actual goldfish (laughs) i wish they would sell that in 200 packs i need my aquarium yeah (laughs) yes mr bond (laughs) like what's the name stromberg he had a one of the bond villains is like underwater you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, I yeah. want to destroy the world and make it underwater. It's like, why? What good plan? Yeah, good plan. <laughs> For what purpose, idiot? <laughs> Man, just fish. I just want that guy to succeed, yeah. and then just show a movie. the The next movie just shows him like thirty minutes after his yeah. plan worked, and he's like, hey, "I guess I didn't think this through." <laughs> yeah, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> This wasn't real. Yeah. This is not that cool. Because he anymore. wants to order something like he wants food or something. Oh, he, yeah. oh, you know what? Oh, we ran out of toilet paper. Let's go to the store. Sir, you restore the world. <laughs> Everything's underwater. Oh. <laughs> well. <laughs> fuck fuck me then. <laughs> well, that's funny. Anyway, we are a movie podcast. Yeah, we should be talking about movies at some point. <laughs> Welcome to the Ram Brothers Podcast, talking about Costco yeah, products. Costco. How, to, how to say Well, you know, we put it into James Bond, so that that Yeah, went, that that's helps. fine. Yeah, we brought it yeah. back. Yes, yes, yes. Bring it back. Bring it back. I, I mean, the big thing to talk about now is Killers of the Flower Moon, yep. which is Martin Scorsese's new movie slash masterpiece. I have yet to see it, but at this point now... You know, we wanted to go see it, but it's three and a half hours and it's just really, we have two kids and it's hard to figure out how to negotiate three and a half hours. Because first of all, when you go to the movies now, like Natasha will always be like, the movie uh, starts at, she'll be like, the movie starts at three. I'm like, no, the movie starts at 3.30. Yeah, with previews, previews and all that shit. And then, so and depending count- on what theater you go to, you know, if you're at yeah, AMC, you're gonna be riding that fucking roller coaster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 So all the commercials and all that stuff. I was like, so, so factor in that time. Factor in the time getting there, sitting down, getting all your stuff. If it says three three p.m. or whatever, you're gonna start at three thirty. So four hours from three thirty. Yeah. And then figure it out three and a, three and a half hours from um, whatever. Anyway. And then also what I was saying too, like um, depending on where your theater is, like the t- travel time to get home, you know, that yeah. might be another 30 minutes. Yeah. So all that to say is I have not seen it. I do want to see it. I will see it. I, pr- I probably will not see it in the theater. It's just oh, looking like yeah. I would like to see it in the theater, but I just, I can't, I just don't see anything in the future that would indicate that I'll be able to go see it in the future at the theater. So at this point, I'm, I'm not going to like sit around and go like, Oh man, I'm just going to wait to watch it fresh on VOD or whatever. So I'm happy to engage in a spoiler filled conversation with you about it because you have seen it. I have seen it. Yeah. Well, I don't want to, I don't like just, and okay, well, let if there's anything you don't want to know, you let me know. But yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's hard to <laughs> say. Well, you know, I'll, I'll um, and then, okay, so fuck it. We'll do like, a spoiler view. Yeah, we, spoiler yeah. chat. But also, like, how much, how much detail? You've only seen it once, right? Right. Yeah. How much detail are you going to remember from That's right. Yeah. Exactly. A three that's and right. a half hour movie. Right? That's right. That's also another thing about it. But let me, so, let me tell you, it's not like Leo DiCaprio takes off his mask and it was the red skull the whole time. Right. It's not, not exactly. like there's twists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And shit yeah. in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and honestly, the main not surprise or reveal, but I'm pretty sure I know just based off people talking about it and people talking about the book and what the book is about. Yeah. I kind of figure I know at least what the end of 
DiCaprio story is probably going to be. Okay. Well, what what do you what do you? Well, I mean, spoiler alert for anybody, and I'm not even. This is just a hypothesis. I'm not even um, spoiling anything until you say so. Yeah. But like, I assume that the whole book is about how these, you know, like white these Osage people struck oil and got rich. And then these white people came in and there was like this law or whatever they can't, they, maybe they made up a law or whatever the law was, was saying that like the, the money that they got would, you know, you, it could be inherited to their families. Mm-hmm. If the, in the, in the event that they would die, the money would go to their families. So then these white people just like started marrying up these Osage people and then started killing them to yep. collect their, to collect it. But that's like, that's the nonfiction the plot. story. That's like, yeah. like, that's yeah. not like, you know, that's what happened. That's not like a movie plot that like you need to keep secret. That's yeah. Like no, that's history. the story of the, yeah, that's the history of it. And the thing is, once they announced the plot of Killers of the Flower Moon, I went and saw a documentary about the Osage tribe. And um, so I already was familiar with the real story of it. And I had my hypothesis of what Leo DiCaprio's uh, character's role was going to be in the film and it was pretty on point which what i thought so yeah basically it is what you said chris like it's, it's that the um the these osage native americans had some land i don't know if it was they don't go into it into the film but i don't know if it's the u.s government or whatever they said fuck you go to this fucking reservation they moved them to this other land that was like pretty desolate but what they didn't know is that it was filled with oil and because they owned the land the osage nation became one of the richest people in the world wealthy people and they had this thing called head rights to how much oil percentage was sold so they get it basically they get a percentage of all the like residuals off the oil that was sold yeah. to the back to the u.s government and yeah anyone that was a legal family member can inherit the head rights to the oil reserves whether it be family or spouses um, so that's one aspect that's correct so yes all these like and they make a point in the film to say these white caucasian dudes who and, and the point of the film is they say like these kind of lazy kind of deadbeats started marrying uh the osage women particularly because there was more osage women than they were Osage men, and also because you know, uh, miscegenation laws, <laughs> you know, because it's the US, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and motherfuckers are not trying to have like white women marry like Native yeah. Americans like that in 1920. Um, so yeah, so they started marrying into these, um, um, into these uh, Native American families. That's one aspect of it. Another aspect of it is they, the I guess, the local bureaucracy or the local government decided these osage people aren't i don't know whether they want to say intelligent or responsible enough to qualified qualify yeah to handle their money so they would yeah. appoint them guardians to get their money so you had to basically it wasn't even a bank it was like you have to get it was like a guardian you have to ask this yeah. person oh i want to get 200 bucks out of the fucking bank this week and that person yeah. would allow it or not allow it, which was fucking yeah. crazy in the movie. Just to think about it, you know, like an yeah. adult, an adult person. And basically, all this was kind of spearheaded or led by De Niro's character, a man named William Hale or Haley, I believe, who was like the local. He was a local businessman, but he was like that. He was that dude, you know. He was just like, yeah. What's that, Don? In Godfather <coughs> 2, in all white and shit. Oh, Don Chicho. No, I don't know. Don Chichi or Don Vito? Don Chicho no. or something yeah. like that. He was like that, but he wasn't a gangster in the sense of he was just like a dude that he was a man of the of the community, you know? Yeah. So it was that. And even the Osage people, and he this motherfucker like spoke their language, everything, and he knew like knew the elders, and he would like front, like he was like down with them and stuff. And like he was he would like he even in the, in the eyes of the osage he was they would call him a friend a friend of the osage like he would be there you know like in 
every baptism, every like he was just there. He was just like that dude. But in reality, he was the one orchestrating the murders of these people, um, the orchestrating the marriages of, you know, it, it literally his family members. He had two nephews, one played by Leonardo DiCaprio. He would just say, marry this chick and we're going to get this money. And yeah. then he'll organize like, well, you know, murders and shit like that. It's just crazy. It was a, it is, it's really a crazy story. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it really is a crazy story. And about the film itself, man, like it is long. I felt it. I went in thinking, okay, it's a Scorsese picture. It'll probably move fast like Wolf of Wall Street or Goodfellas or whatever. But it doesn't. He, you really soaking in this thing, and I don't know if it's because to um, get a feel of that of the time period, or it's just because people talk slower back then, or he's just taking his time, or maybe he's an older gentleman and he just, you know, he just wants the pace of the movie to be a little more. Um, what's the word? I, I like, like he wants you to to really soak it all up. Maybe he just didn't want to edit anything out. Uh, but I, in my opinion, you really feel that time, that time link. So, and then when I left the film, left the movie, I was just like, even though it was really long and it had a bunch of bathroom breaks, that was like a well-made movie. Like it's well-made. Yeah. Now I saw a review say it's a masterpiece and stuff like that. I got to see it again. But the more I think about it, the more I liked it. Yeah, it's a well-made movie, really well-made considering, I mean, not any, I guess not anything that's been said like ages, but he's also 81 years old. Yeah. The, the acting, everyone's top, top tier. Fucking De Niro's great. You believe him. Like, and he's not like a, uh, a mustache twirling villain with like, ha 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 He's really kind of subdued and persuasive. That's his villainy. Like he's very persuasive. DiCaprio is really good because his character is portrayed to be very, he's easy to be manipulated and he's kind of like a schmuck really. Yeah. Like he's kind of like dumb. Which is interesting. You haven't, yeah. He's, he never, hasn't really played a guy like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because at the beginning I was like, okay, is he like, what, where's he at? But he, he is kind of like a, not a fool, but kind of kind of a step up from a simple man yeah. you know like a step up from a forrest gump kind of character right yeah and that's the part with his character is like well is he because obviously as you could probably tell from the trailers he marries one of the osage women mm-hmm. and it's just like is he does he really love her or is this a part of the a plot? hustle yeah. yeah a hustle is it a hustle yeah it's it's crazy and i don't think you really know and like, there's an end scene where they discuss it yeah. And he doesn't really he's not really forthright. Yeah. With his answer. Whereas the Nero character, like, he's he's a snake. Yeah. Like he he's two faced. He'll go in front of the Osage and say this and this and that. But then he'll just give out an order to do this. But it's never like you know He never says like kill this person. He just yes, goes, that because oh. actually actually there's actually a scene where it's like it, it reminded me of Goodfellas. You know when Henry Hill and well Ray Lo- Ray Liotta and uh, De Niro in that coffee shop, and he goes, "Listen, can you go down to Florida?" And he gives that little hand gesture and take care of it for me. It's like that. There's literally a, there's yeah. a scene like that, and it just remind me, reminded me of of that where he just says, "Listen, I need you to do go out with I don't know Johnny and uh, go see that thing." Or he he the wording he says is something similar to that, and it's really out of like Goodfellas because then that's when. DiCaprio was like, oh, if I go on this trip, I'm not coming back. Yeah. Because there are similarities. And it's just part of Scorsese stuff. Now we're going to get to – it's not really spoiler stuff, but there are things that – the uh, details of the film. So if anyone doesn't want to know, this is where you tune off. But like this motherfucker Scorsese loves his third act to take place in a courtroom where like a person is testifying against his old boss or bosses yeah. or associates. So that happens. He brings back people from older movies. I'm trying to think. There's a guy in Goodfellas. I forgot what his part was. 
He brings back uh, what's it, Vincent Pastore. <laughs> yeah. What? No, 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 no. No, I know where he was. He's, the guy I know he's from past. No, no, no. I I remember. He's um, and he was in the party. He's the real estate agent selling um Matt Damon that apartment, and he goes, he's "Oh, it's a, a big house." Yeah, that's where I recognize him from. But he's like, "This yeah. is a big house. You live in here by your home." And like, did uh, Damon gets like offended by it? He brings yeah. him back. He's been in a few. He's been in yeah. a few Scorsese things. Yeah, I he's just couldn't remember Irishman. the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's been. He's brought him back a couple of times. Departed, Wolf of Wall Street, Irishman. Yeah, I remember he was in Wolf of Wall Street. I just don't remember where in Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know where he was in Wolf of Wall Street, and it's weird because I just was watching that the other night. But uh, yeah, he's brought him back for a couple more. He, he was in Vinyl too, so he obviously likes him. Yeah. So yeah, Scorsese loves a third act in a, in a courtroom. Lily Gladstone is amazing, man. Like she's so sub- really like yeah, she's really good. I mean, I don't know, it's a bit of a spoiler, but there's something that happens to her where she's potentially dying. And you believe yeah. that. Like, you believe that she's really sick, mm-hmm. you know? And she's, you know, she's like very, her character is very sweet without it being overstated. Yeah. And then also when she is afraid, there's a scene with her and a priest that's a big part of the film. And she she's really good at that. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I mean, I really I, I I really enjoyed it. The violence is there. The Scorsese violence is there, but it's not as crazy as other stuff. It wasn't like brutal or harsh or anything like that. There's a couple of someone gets shot with a shotgun, which I thought was dope because the way he got he got he got you know tapped up. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a good movie, a masterpiece. I have to watch it again. I really gonna have to watch it again to make a uh, a definitive definitive decision on that. One thing yeah. that I've talked to everybody that's seen it that is, I think, was the highlight of the film is the ending. The way this dude ends it, I've never seen that done in a film like that. In the way he does it, I don't know if you want me to go into it more, but yeah, you know, like in Goodfellas, where. It's a crime story based on true uh, true events. It would just go blank, uh, like a black screen, and then like a title card will come up, and it'll say like, you know, Henry Hill was sentenced to twenty years in prison. Da, da, da. He'll be out in two thousand seven. You know that, that yeah. kind of cliche. He does something very different. He does that, but in a very different way. I was very impressed by that. Like the post, not post credits, but like post like epilogue. Epilogue, I guess. yeah. Yeah, I guess an epilogue to, to tie it up of like, this is what happened to all the characters years later. He, there's something that ha- he does it. There's a way he, he conveys it. I was like, oh shit, that was like dope. I've never seen that before. And then he makes a cameo in the film in which I was like, oh. At the end? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I saw that and I was like, wow, that's crazy. He like, there's something, when he makes his cameo, I'm like, this... My impression was this film is set very personal to him. Does he like as is he's a cameo? He as a, he's a, hold on. He's a cameo like <laughs> as a character or as himself? Like he shows up character. on screen. Okay. As a character. Right. Yeah, just tell me. Just tell you me. You want to tell and you what the whole thing is? And huge spoiler alert for anybody who's uh who uh is not uh I mean if you've gotten this far, you you wanna know. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to tell you the whole ending? Uh, how it ends? Yeah, sure. So, man, I don't know. I just kind of. <laughs> yeah. oh. Well, I mean, I just don't know when I'm going to watch it. Yeah. So and real quick, it. real yeah. quick, real quick. While I'm not to get too off topic, but Natasha just sent me this text while we're talking right now. Um, friend star Matthew Perry dead at 54. Wow. After, after apparent drowning. Wow. That's Are you crazy. serious? Yep. Damn. Yep, that's nuts. I mean, not to bring it all the way down, but like, yeah, that's fucked up. I mean, yeah. he's always had his problems with drugs and shit. So yeah, and alcohol. Well, I don't know about drugs, but like alcohol. Yeah. Alcohol. So I mean, he just released that book, and I don't know, man. Probably is not a good. Uh, in a jacuzzi. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how do you die in a jacuzzi unless you're like, yeah, you're fucked up and. You know, you just, yeah. I mean, not to speak, I guess I'm speaking completely out of school out of my ass, but like, I'm just, you know, just listening to, you know, the, the scant news is like, but how do you die in a jacuzzi unless you like, 
were fucked up and you just passed out in there and yeah. didn't wake up. Yeah, that's that's a bummer, man. That's a bummer. That guy, uh, you know, I used to love Friends as a kid. I used to watch it all the time for a while, and then, and he was like the my favorite part because he was like the sarcastic, funny guy. Yeah, yeah. So I actually liked whole the whole nine yards. It's actually a better movie than it needed to be, than it had any right to be. Him and Bruce Willis. And uh, he, what's the other late? And the girl Amanda Pete. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amanda Pete is. Amanda Pete's my favorite person, like my favorite random celebrity. <laughs> I because one time I was like tweeting like, "Man, I just can't wait to see the look on Amanda Pete's face when I become famous." <laughs> like, like why do you like who has beef with Amanda Pete? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so strange. But, oh, seventeen um, again. Yeah, he was in that. Seventeen again like, was a good movie. Yeah, seventeen again was. Uh, it's a you know one of those big type movies where oh yeah like yeah matthew perry becomes zach efron yeah he, becomes, he goes back yeah. to high school and gets to like do his life over again and yeah that's a good movie it's better than it had any right to be yeah fools rush in fools rush in with Him and selma hayek yeah that was an early one that was like 98 right uh 97. 97 yeah 97 90 i remember him on like oprah or something promoting that movie and that was that was like a i think that was like a modest hit for him for both of them because that was when their stars were both rising yeah he had just he was big on friends still friends was still going strong and that was like his attempt to break away and selma hayek was on the rise as like a leading lady she i think right. she had just done zorro or something uh zorro no she she wasn't in zorro you're thinking oh, uh kathy zia Des- jones yes desperado. desperado she was in desperado sorry i was thinking antonio banderas yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah bummer man yeah, that's a that sucks. R.I.P. Matthew Perry. Mm. Wow. Yeah, almost heroes. Oh, that's a forgotten. Almost one. heroes, bro. That was one. That's they took us. Remember when we used to go to summer camp? Yeah, day camp. Yeah, they took us to the movies, and that was the movie we saw one time. Really, almost heroes. Yeah, Chris Farley and Matthew Perry, and I think had Chris Farley already died by that point. Uh, and well, it's nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. When so did Chris maybe. Farley die? Oh, geez, they're both dead now. That's Bukeem Woodbine's in that movie too. They Bukeem played like Woodbine. what? They played Lewis and Clark. Clark. Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of like a mad, crazy thing. Yeah, yeah, like it did come because he died December eighteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Almost Heroes came out in nineteen ninety eight. Mm. I might have to watch that. And Eugene Levy. It was. I remember it, <laughs> it being. Was... I remember it being fine. Yeah. Directed by Christopher Guest. Wow, weird. Christopher Guest of uh obviously of uh Spinal Tap and Waiting for Guffman and Mighty Wind yeah. Best in Show fame. Directing. Yeah. I'm looking at these photos. They got Boot King Woodbine looking like fucking Uh-oh. Frederick Uh-oh. Douglass. Oh. Now he's just dressed up in like old yeah. colonial thing and he's driving the cart. Ah, like, oh yes. Yeah, I remember it. It was like um it was like what am I thinking of? Not Rush Hour, the other one, Shanghai Noon. Yeah. It with felt Jackie like Chan. it felt it was very tonally similar, like Shanghai Noon. Yeah, and they kind of bump into people in history and stuff. So eventually, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think I don't remember. I mean, I saw it when it came out. Yeah, I'll but, have to check yeah. that out. Eugene Levy. Yep. Matthew Perry. What else is he in? Or was he in? Uh, Whole nine yards. Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip, written by Aaron Sorkin. I I tried, man, and it was okay. <laughs> it was okay, but like. It was like one the one scene that made me fucking want to vomit was uh they they're basically like two guys who are running like an SNL type show and and they're looking for they're like looking for writers and they they end up at like this comedy club where this one guy's bombing. His jokes are like really smart, but he's bombing hard because the people are too dumb to like get them and the care. And then meanwhile they're these two Bradley Whitford and Matthew Perry are like sitting around, like watching like, this guy's pretty funny. Like we should hire him. And I was just, I just remember like watching, I was like, this comedian's jokes are not funny though. Like that was the one thing where I was like, they were, they were writing a live, like, like I said, like a live SNL comedy show. And they would, you know, when you do something like that, you, 
you inevitably have to show like what the show looks like and the jokes on the show. And they were like, never funny. Yeah. Like like, you have to buy that the show that they're making or working on is funny. But I tried, I gave it a shot and it was, it was okay for a while. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Well, that's all you could do. That's all we could do. All we could do is try. 17 again. And not much, honestly. I mean, a lot of TV, he shows up on TV for a couple of things. Yeah. But yeah, well, that's a shame. Mm. It looked like he was, he had turned it around at least for a little bit, but yeah, perhaps not. At least they did that uh, friends reunion. Oh yeah. I didn't, I didn't see that one. Yeah. It was like, it wasn't like a show. They just like sat down in chairs and talked. Oh, and just talk and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, back to the Killers of the Flower Moon ending. Do you not? Do you really not want to spoil it? It's up to you. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't want. I think I can wait. But now I'm like I'm curious. intrigued. I'm curious. Well, it's like you know, I'm curious to see what the filmic device is going to be that that you're yes. talking about. Right. So, so I said, maybe I said we'll just leave it. Let's just leave it. Let's just leave it. Yeah. But I can tell you about other stuff about the movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. And, oh, one thing I'll say, like after watching the documentary and then reading about the actual events, it's pretty legit. He was pretty, he's pretty true to the events that happened, man. Yeah. So all that stuff that went down would like went down in real life. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I was just saying, it, that movie kind of, well, it does negates, it negates Tarantino's, theory about yeah, directors I, I wanted to bring that up i i did want to bring that up he said old you you say it yeah well you know tarantino says that uh as, as directors filmmakers get older the movies get worse and they just get out of touch and they're just not as good i don't know man this dude's 81 and he's and like he's i'm surprised and i was like yeah. dude like he's 81 and he's that was like like i said I'm, am i gonna call it a masterpiece at this point no because i gotta watch it again but it's well made it's, yeah. inc- it's incredibly well made. Right. And uh, yeah. And, and that's, but that's why he's quitting after 10 movies because he's like, I don't want to be like an old man filmmaker. I don't want to make old man movies. Yeah. But I mean, Scorsese probably heard that. and was like, watch this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I have a theory that Scorsese doesn't like him. I don't know why. why. I don't know. I just, it, There's only one Italian guy that can run Hollywood at the time. No, it's not even that. It's just a, like, you know, you hear Spielberg reference Wes Anderson. You hear Spielberg reference Paul Thomas Anderson. Like Scorsese will reference Wes Anderson and probably Paul Thomas Anderson and like different things and like movies he's seen from the Coens and all this stuff. Nobody ever talks about nobody ever references Tarantino in that way. Mm. And it's just weird. Like, it's just weird to me that like I yeah. I don't think those guys like fuck with him on that level. And yeah, I, well, I yeah. would wonder. I would wonder if they do. And it's hard not to because obviously his movies are popular. Right, they're popular and they're like in the canon. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, like um, I mean, I know him and Spielberg are like friendly because like they when, went duck hunting or some shit. Right, but that was like you know that was like in '94. But like even when. Uh, uh, yeah, Spielberg won like a Golden Globe for The Fablemans. He won like Best Director for The Fablemans or Best Screenplay. Tarantino gave him the award and said something like, "John Cassavetes would be proud." And okay, then Spielberg goes up and he's like, "He Tarantino just said to me, Cassavetes would be proud." And the reason he said that was because I was Cassavetes' assistant in 1960 and blah 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 blah. So like they're they're friendly, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they have a rapport, and like either Quentin learned that about him, or he told that that to him one time, and it always stuck with him. But like, you know, I'm, I'm, there's a respect there, obviously. But um, I just wonder about him and Scorsese. I just I just wonder because I I feel like a guy like Paul Thomas Anderson, because like Paul Thomas Anderson, his movies are about something in, in the sense of like. In the sense of like they're no no like I they're like, about something they're about people like Killers of the Flower Moon is about some something that happened in history right and like the nature of people and 
you know, X, Y, and Z. It's about like yeah. the substance is about whereas like Tarantino movies are about movies, you know? Yeah. And I don't know, like even once upon a time in Hollywood, it's like, what if so-and-so had made it or like, what if I don't, I like, I don't know that it's the closest one to like being about something other than like Jackie Brown, but like Pulp Fiction is like, what is it about? And I like, again, like I love Pulp Fiction, but like, what is like loyal loyalty among thieves, but or honor among thieves and like, it's like, I don't need it to be about something, but I'm just like. It's just not like that on that on that on that level of like I don't know of any you know Schindler's List is about some shit you know like, oh yeah you're right you know what I mean where Inglorious Bastards is like what is it is it about? it about well I think Tarantino would agree he works in genre he just picks a genre and then just kind of uh, what's the word uh, capitalizes on the genre as best as yeah. possible so. When he does a war movie, not only is it a war movie, it's a guys on a mission movie yeah. and also a revenge film. So it's not yeah. about, I don't know if there's much subtext to it. Yeah. He might argue it because, yeah. you know, like that fucking, it, when we talked about it like last week or something about Reservoir Dogs, that comedy yeah. he made is about like, it's about fathers and sons. And I'm like, no, no, I, I'm, <laughs> me, Pedro Duran's like, not really, dude. Like, <laughs> I get it. I yeah. get it. You could der- take that away, but that whole relationship isn't about that. Yeah. Or, Speaking about Reservoir Dogs, where he's like, it's a heist movie, but you never get to see the heist, and that's yeah. the that's the thing. It's Django. It's obviously a spaghetti western, but it, it take taking taking place in the South with uh, a, a bit of also influenced by Sergio Cabucci films, right? So, is it about anything? The only honestly, the only one I could really think about that he's really trying to say something, or you can take something away from it. Off the top of my head right now is Hateful Eight. I was that, I, I knew you were gonna say that one. Why? Because that scene. Because uh, yeah, because the ending and like it's. Uh, uh, what, yeah. what what ending? What I'm thinking about another well, scene in that movie, but. Oh well, I mean it's just about like, I mean especially even at that time that was the time where Tarantino was like marching against the police. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> during police brutality, during like Black Lives Matter and stuff. Yeah, and uh, but like it's about a black guy and a white guy who don't like each other right. to begin with who yeah. come together and end up dying together at the end. Presumably. Yeah. I don't know. You don't know if they do, but like, yeah, essentially, I mean, I think that's kind of it, but it's again, it's like hard for me to tell. Like, right. I, and I got that too, from the ending of that movie, especially when they throw in the Lincoln letter. Cause it's like, yeah. okay. And then there's also this metaphorically speaking, Lincoln was the great unifier and right, uh, yeah. obviously a big, um, now mythologized in American culture as this uh, champion of race relations and all that. But it's that scene where they're in this, uh, in the stagecoach and it's Chris Maddox. And he goes, you know, he goes, because my, my, my father fought a rebel cause. He was like, he was like, yeah, right. Yeah. It goes for killing Like he goes for killing black folks. Cause when black folks are scared, that's when white people are secure or something like that. White people feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. White people feel safe. And then Sam Jackson, you better stop talking all that, 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 uh, that, what is that? That hating shit, that racist shit or something, something that he goes, Oh, I'm not talking about hate. I'm just talking politics. I love his (laughs) delivery on that. I'm just talking politics, (laughs) but it's that like, it's these two. And you know, you can argue if you want to, that, that they both have a valid point. Like Chris Maddox is coming and you know, Chris Maddox's character I don't think he's really – he's the son of a confederate. And so it's not like he fought in the war and that's what he believes in. He just – this is something that was passed down to him. You know, yeah. It's like these motherfuckers now waving the confederate flag. It was like, well, my family fought in the confederacy, so I got to do it. You know, I got to hold, hold, hold up this flag. And there's the same thing. There's like a, a, like a black dude being like, you know what that flag stands for? He goes, it stands for, you know, rebellion. Heritage, he goes, no, not hate. Yeah, heritage, yeah. yeah, heritage, not hate. Like that shit. And he was able to – Tarantino was able to convey that with these two characters. So that's what I take it as. And I know he even said like in an interview because uh, that movie was kind of like a red state, blue state kind of film uh, conversation, that dialogue. And also in another interview he was saying, you know, Westerns are always really good indicators of American culture at the time. So yeah. that's another aspect of it yeah. there. 
Well, it is but, funny to me that like it, the central metaphor at the end of it was always weird. Does like white white men and black men can finally get together as long as it come as long as they're killing white women. White women. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. I don't know. Is that the it's thing? Like they hate. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I saw. I, I was. I was listening to an interview about that. And they were going hard about that. They were like, you know, he really treats women poorly in film. And I'm like, I don't know, man. He also did Jackie Brown. Like, yeah. People tell me that. I'm like, he also did Jackie Brown, man. Like, I mean, he did the bride. Like, the bride has been treated. I don't know. The bride did pretty well. Yeah, but she also like had a lot of shit going. You know, yeah, through. but she, the point that makes suffer. Yeah, 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 but it's right. The bride isn't like a weak character either. And to be honest with you, uh, most of that. Um, Deadly Devin, the the Sevy Deadly, the Deadly Viper Squad. Deadly, yeah, most of them are women, yeah. and they're badass women. Yeah. So, and then Death Proof, the the first girls, I mean, the first girls get killed, but then the second girls, the second group of girls, yeah, like beat the shit out of that guy. Or yeah, kill him or whatever. Yeah. So I just think people have sometimes have short memories because they just look yeah. at the last movie Once Upon a Time and see that girls brains get bashed in and they're like yeah. oh fall that's not that's not yeah. cool man and it's also like a well she's a manson <laughs> like a, a time you know it's a it's a time thing too like we're just yeah. at a time where we are yeah i remember seeing that girl when she gets the the uh the telephone to the face i was yeah. like people are gonna have a problem with that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i did think it was a funny i don't know if there was an i mean I don't know if this is uh Yeah, you mentioned this to me off white specific, but it's just yeah. funny that like Tarantino's killing a young girl with a phone. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There's something metaphorical about our times where yeah. he's like killing young people with a phone. Yeah. So Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if this motherfucker Scorsese likes Tarantino or vice versa. Yes. All that to say is I guess summing summing up all that is I think I would think just because they don't mention him, my thing was like, I thought that they would perceive him on a level below them. One, because it's a generational thing. Yeah. They're just of a different time. And two, they just, I mean, one, that's probably the biggest thing, but like, they're just like a generational thing. And they're like, well, that's like a different thing. They're like, they like, yeah, he's good. But like, what is it? Yeah, but in the same way, do you think Steven Spielberg or Martin Scorsese will respect John Carpenter? I think they do. Mm. I think they do because Scorsese likes all, like, everything. But so that makes me go, like, then he must love, like, he he must love Tarantino movies. I don't know. Mm. Like, yeah. it's hard to Craven. tell. Do they or even West look Cra- at Wes Craven? And I don't be know. Like, yeah. yeah. Probably. Probably. I think they probably, but, like, I don't know. I heard Seinfeld say uh something i think it was on howard stern or something where he howard stern asked him like when you and chris rock are together do you guys just talk shit about all the comedians you don't like he's like not really he's like we like he's like listen man if you can do it and get to a high level it's like i just have respect for you yeah it's like you know what i mean there's no like how can i hate somebody who's like on like who does this shit it's hard yeah yeah like you just have immense respect so I don't know. Maybe I'm just invalidating my own point, but like they like, there's no way they can like deny that he's great. Right. I just, you know, some people you don't fuck with like, (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like I'm sure, I don't know who, who I'm sure J Cole doesn't. I knew you were going to make it to rap. Yeah. Yeah. Like little Dicky or whatever. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. Talk. Yeah. yeah. But like, I don't know if little Dicky's a good, analog but like yeah i know what you're saying like you 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 have to respect the person because they're on the uh, they're doing it at a level yeah. where so forth so so but it's just like yeah i don't but i just don't really fuck but it's with not, it it's not, but it's not disrespectful either yeah, yeah they got their own shit to do yeah yeah <laughs> so got his own shit to do yeah he's like i got i got kids i got like i can't be worrying about this fucking yeah. guy yeah imagine yeah. scorsese and tarantino in like a lobby of the airport yeah. goes like like uh, like he was like you diss me because I didn't notice you. Which I, what was I supposed to do? I had a show to do. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I I'm I'm curious about this movie. I'm very interested to see it, mm. and uh, I can't wait. I just 
just kind of make the time. That's all. Yeah. If you have a chance, I know you got a projector in your place. So I would say yeah. watch it on the big oh. screen because it is a Western and yeah. it, it does, it does um, kind of deserve that to watch on it. I was watching a movie last night. I was at a friend's house at last night and I was watching a movie on the small screen. I have a big screen in my TV, uh, in my TV, yeah. in my house, specifically because I watch movies and shit. And people, well, you know, I have people over sometimes. They're like, I, I think they get the impression that I'm just sitting all day watching TV and stuff because yeah. of it. But it's just like, no, it's an experience. I want to watch these films on a big screen, and you know, because I go yeah. to people's places and like at my neighbor, and then I, I went to someone's house last night, and um. We're watching movies on a small screen, and I'm just like, oh man, like, yeah, I'm like downgrading. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. And like, I have this stereo system here, so like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when you hear a blast, I hear a blast. Last night, I'd be like, can you turn it up? Because I can't hear shit. Like, yeah, you know? sound sound is huge. Sound yeah. is huge, man. I like I said, like you said, I had I had a projector in here, and uh, you know, one night when um, Natasha was out of town. It was just me and, and my son and he went to bed and I came down here and he's two stories above me. You know, I got the little baby monitor where he was sleeping, but like I'm in the basement. I got the projector. I got the sound system. I watched Dune for the first time. Yeah. And I was like, bro, this is like being in the theater. I was like, yeah. I watched it. I was like, I felt like, all right, I get Dune. I like, yeah. I understand why, you know, I get it. It was like, it was a great I had a great time watching it with like all the loud sound and like the yeah. visuals were like amazing and stuff. And it was dark in here. It's a but cinema yeah, experience. It's a cinema experience. And I've, I've been trying to get that in here and I, that's how I like to watch movies. And that's why I'm fucking going crazy with the Blu-rays now because I want the highest quality. I saw, I think I told you, but I put on Lawrence of Arabia and I think yeah. there's like a 4k DVD. And I'm like, I was like, Holy shit. Like, this looks amazing. Yeah. But yeah, so all that to say, I will be watching it down here at some point. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of, it's just a matter of when. And I'm yeah. trying to, I was literally just looking up when is Killers of the Flower Moon. November next Apple month, TV. right? On Apple TV. Probably. It says 45, a 45 day window. Yeah. It's on Apple TV. I saw it because I had to, I read the article and stuff and how like still this motherfucker can't get financing for movies. This is incredible. That is, that is, if that doesn't indicate like how fucked up everything has like, well, it's also an expensive movie. I'm sure. Yeah. I wonder how much it costs. Yeah. But it's DiCaprio, De Niro, DiCaprio, Scorsese, like, yeah. And how come Netflix didn't take it? Cause Netflix is Irish, man. How come they didn't take this one? Maybe they Apple probably TV. didn't put more money in it they yeah they probably well one thing is netflix has been dying to get an oscar yeah like holy shit this killers of the flower moon cost 200 million dollars holy shit for a period piece too crazy yeah well look at the but i mean the irishman cost 159 million dollars okay that's a period piece too yeah yeah but like he's no wonder he can't get funding because he's i mean Look, he's coming out with quality stuff, but the fucking Expensive. price tag is huge. Yeah. yeah. And probably some of it is like, oh, Netflix is paying? Look, we all fucking cost $30 million. Like De Niro costs, yeah. you know, 10 mil. Uh, what's it? Pesci. Pesci was like, I don't want to do it. And, and they got him. So they yeah. threw some money at him. Yeah. And, you know. They probably, I'm sure they all got a nice payday, especially on this one with De Niro and and DiCaprio. Yeah, they probably all did pretty okay on this. Yeah, one. they definitely got. It's Apple. Apple's Apple, got money. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They definitely got Apple 15s. Yeah, in the mail. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I want 50 million dollars. I want the Apple. I want the Apple 16. The shit that hasn't come out yet. <laughs> he doesn't want but, to give you the shit he wants to sell. He wants to. He wants the nigga you don't want to sell. He wants the phone you don't want to sell. That's Django, everybody. Django and Change. Mm-hmm. Just for anyone that's you know. Did I tell? I was like, uh, speaking about Tarantino and DiCaprio. What was I saying? Um, I, I I was thinking about that movie. It's just some great line deliveries. DiCaprio is really good in that. Oh, I sent you that thing, that meme, where uh, this week where he's talking about 
where Dr. King Schultz was like, oh, just, you know, talking to Hilda, you couldn't understand conversing in my native language. It was like, ooh, doctor, it sounds like you got a little dose of nigga love. <laughs> yeah. Nigga love's a dangerous emotion, boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Sam Jackson's good, too. He goes, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He's like, yeah. But he goes, it's a dangerous emotion, boy. It's like, it's like a pool of black tar. Once you're caught in it, you're stuck. Like, it's... <laughs> It's really good. So, Caprio is really good in that film. Um, one yeah. thing I wanted to say about um, two things about Killer Moon was there's a scene that I I want you when you get to just keep it in mind. There's a scene where they use it's obvious like a green screen, like you know where people are driving and they yeah. use a green screen in the back, and I was like, oh, that looks like a green screen, but it was so well done. I can point it out because I know what I'm looking for, but it was it looks so well. That I don't think the average person is going to tell. Yeah. Okay. It, it looked really good, but I was kind of like, I think that's a green screen. Yeah. I think so. Cause it looks a little off, like such like 1% off. And I was like, Oh, that's a green screen. And I was like, but that green screen looks really good. Yeah. So it's that. And then also surprisingly the, the Rolling Stones don't appear in this film at all. They don't No. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no uh, jumping Jack flash. No sympathy for the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. I mean, I, I I can't wait to see it. I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to it. I hope I don't fall asleep while watching it, but yeah, I can't wait. I mean, watch it at home and then pause it and fucking, you know, take bathroom breaks, but I'll say watch it at one go. Like the Irishman. That's the thing. I think I had to stop it. Yeah. I had to get intermissions. Take an intermission. That's fine. Do an intermission. Well, you know they're saying that like some theaters are 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 putting an intermission and they're getting in trouble from like Apple and Paramount for really yeah because they're not supposed to do that they like put in the contract no intermissions because they want really? you to watch they the want you to thing? watch it from beginning to end or Scorsese why part. because they, that's a different experience I guess if you have an intermission yeah but I guess to me it's like I don't know listen I I'm gonna do what the fuck I want I would have liked an intermission in Oppenheimer or something. But yeah. these movies are just, I mean, I mean, this is a whole other discussion, but like movies are getting longer. And uh, the thing about it is like, that's great for home, home watching, but yeah, for the theater experience, like I thought Batman was even too long. Like that was like close to the three Batman. hours. The Batman was like yeah. three hours. If if I don't remember correctly, but like, yeah, it was up there, but two like 10, I think two, two hours, 10 or something. Oh, I think, but, but, um, yeah, it's. It, it, I mean, they're getting longer, which is like fine by me, and it just is like maybe it's like part of the draw of getting it out to the theater. You're gonna yeah. see something massive. You're right, three hours, two fifty six. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a long one, and but like, but and I don't know if we talked about this before, but it's like with Avengers in Endgame, that was the first one that I remember being really long. They announced that like it's gonna be three hours, and everybody was like, "Fuck yeah!" Because yeah. people had been waiting for that movie forever. And it was like, give me as much Marvel as you possibly can. At that, yeah, don't leave anything then. out. Yeah, don't. Yeah, exactly. No Snyder cut. Like fucking, just give me the full shit. And again, that's why Snyder cuts four hours because they're like, after years and years of asking for this fucking movie, people are like, yeah, put everything in because mm. why not? But, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if uh, I think audiences aren't crazy about long run times at the theater but yeah i was telling somebody if you want to really be impressive do a great movie in 90 minutes yeah bring that shit back yeah a 90 minute movie is a it's a it's a really that's a solid time if you can pack dude the little mermaid because i watched the new one the little Mm. and and it was like two hours and 15 minutes Mm. and i went back and looked at the runtime for the original 88 minutes or 83 minutes. I don't remember original, what it was. Yeah. 80, the original 83 minutes. That's not even an hour and a half. It's and less they got than singing. An and they had singing. And they had, <laughs> no, they had not singing. They had iconic songs. Yeah. Like iconic like, songs that are still they being, legit musical performances yeah. in the movie. Yeah. There's musicals that are longer than that and not as good. Mm. So, like, I don't know, man. I, I was just. I was like, and the songs they added for the new one, I was like, we don't, guys, we don't need this. We don't need all this. Like, mm-hmm. we're doing too much. But um, all that to say is, like, shorter movies are probably uh, a good thing. 
Yeah, I agree. Because people don't have the patience for it. They really yeah. don't. They don't have the, the 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 patience or the attention span. Because people, especially if you're on your at home watching this, you know how it is, man. You you're seeing something. Let me look on my phone. Who who is this guy? Blah, 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 blah. Now you exactly email. yeah. But that's what I'm worried about. Killers of Flower Moon. I don't want to be like watching him. Be like, oh, is this the person from? Uh, yeah, me, you just got to turn me. off the phone. I did that I with know. Irishman. I was like, fuck it. Yeah. For Scorsese, I'll do it for you, buddy. I'll turn off my phone. I'll lower the blinds. Like, yeah. I don't want to fuck with it. I don't want to talk to nobody. Yeah. I was saying I need a yonder pouch for watching movies at my home. <laughs> 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 Just can't take it out. But I got to head out. Yep. But this is a good discussion. It's perfectly all about Killers of the Flower Moon and yeah. some Hateful Eight. <laughs> and some Matthew Perry stuff. So. And so, Oh, yeah. yeah. How Matthew quickly Perry. we forgot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Mm. <laughs> terrible. The world keeps going by. Oh, no. Oh, dear, Matt. Sorry, Matt. Uh, yeah, it's okay. I'm going to watch that fucking Almost Heroes thing. Yeah, it's a good... I'm going to have a, a marathon. Rewatch. Yeah, he'll be remembered. We'll we'll uh, we'll remember him with the whole nine yards. Whole ten yards, which weirdly... Whole nine yards weirdly got a sequel. But anyway, where can the kids find you? Yeah, I'm online. Uh, anyone interested in checking out some movie reviews, uh, check me out on Letterboxd. Uh, I think it's Dro Esquire, D-R-O underscore E-S-Q. Or um, my social media is the X, formerly known as Twitter, um, Instagram, Dro Esquire, D-R-O underscore E-S-Q. I have a bunch of um, reviews written in haiku. I, 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 released, I put out two for... Um, one funny and one more serious for kill, kill, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Excuse me. So check that out. And um, anyone just has any um, movie suggestions, um, throw them my way. I'm I'm happy to to check them out. So yes, follow me on all things uh, Christian Duran. ChristianDuranComedy.com for all your Christian Duran needs. Race the movie, the play. We'll be doing two shows, November 10th and 11th on Pedro. Your birthday in new mm. york city uh november yes. 10th and 11th it was one night only but now uh due to popular demand we've added a second show november 10th and 11th at 275 uh park in brooklyn um it's a hilarious show it's an awesome show um yeah just go to all my socials for more information race the movie the play.com um you can get everything there all tickets information everything you need Guys, please come out. It's an awesome. It's going to be an awesome time. Uh, Letterbox and also follow Martin Scorsese on Letterbox, who just yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and he's putting yeah. up lists and stuff. It's like yeah, but what was that? Because I saw the comparison list, but is it compare? It's a oh, com, uh, not comparison. It's references. Yeah, but he wrote it. it com, uh, but what, it references to killers or refer- movies, just or just movies in his. I think he did a too, companion list. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, companion list. A companion list. So, so there was like some, because there's like a video attached to. I don't know if it's on the, his list or whatever, but he did a video talking about um, all the like movies that are sort of that reference or like influenced a Killers of the Flower Moon and other movies in his disco- uh, discography filmography. <laughs> yeah, but they also did one for Greta Gerwig with Barbie. She she sat sat down with them and talked about all the movies that influenced Barbie and it's like a long list, but they did that with him. So he did that, but he was also talking about movies that, uh, like influenced, you know, Goodfellas, Raging Bull, and all his whole filmography. Like I said, but he also has a new list of just like ten best widescreen movies ever. Mm. So now I'm like looking at that list and I was like, okay, now I want to watch some of these. Which yeah, he's. You know, that's this is what that's for. And I'm like, I'm really psyched that a guy like that is embracing that. Yeah, embracing it and doing it. And like, you know, you want that guy to like tell you what he's watching and like cool shit to watch. Yeah. That's just I mean, I'll give it to I call him Marty because I know him, you know, from the street. Yeah. But I'll give it to him, man, because back to uh, a thing that we talk about about Blu-rays and digital media, every fucking DV, uh, Blu-ray or DVD I have a Martin Scorsese film it's him and he has a commentary on it yeah so and it's him just like just saying this is why I did this and this is why I did that and in the same way I don't know man like I think it's just awesome that he does that and 
listen, if you can't afford film school, just get that motherfucker. Listen, and it's For a lecture. Real. It's a lecture from the de- real. one of the greatest dudes. Yeah. Like the the Francis Ford Coppola Godfather commentary tracks and the Apocalypse Now commentary track are amazing. He's so he, you know, I think it's so generous when people do that. Mm. And uh, I think it's, I, I always kind of hate when people do it and then they stop doing it. And yeah, you know, Paul Thomas, Steven, Anderson, <laughs> <laughs> <Kidding. laughs> uh, Wes, <laughs> but yeah, I, I appreciate it. Speaking I, of Tarantino I, doesn't do it either. So yeah, I know he doesn't, which yeah. is, annoys me. But he also had this one thing on his on the first two, Pulp Fiction DVD and the Jackie Brown DVD, which those are two of my favorite DVDs ever. They had a track that was like a, a subtitle track almost. I but it was like that. it was almost like pop-up video where it would yeah. just give you interesting facts about the movie. And I was I like, remember that. that's it's not enough. It's not a, as good as a commentary track, but it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty good. It, yeah. You know, it gives you like, oh, this is a reference to this movie and that mm-hmm. movie. So I was like, all right, that's that's informational and you can learn a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, but either way, go on Letterbox, follow Martin Scorsese, follow us, and like, share, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. Bye.